Thank you for joining us at Christchurch Dunstable. Now on with our daily devotions. Well, good morning and welcome to a new week of our daily devotions in Psalms Bite-Sized. If you're following this daily devotion series in the Psalms with us day by day, each Monday to Friday, and you'd like to know in advance which Psalm passage we're studying, you can email the church office on admin at christchurchdunstable.org.uk and we'll send you an electronic PDF version of our Bible reading booklet showing you which portion of Psalms and which New Testament Gospel passage we're reading every day for 2021. Incidentally, for the Gospel passages, we're using J.C. Ryle's daily readings on the Gospels to help us. Now, today we're in Psalm 37, verses 12 to 20. In fact, in our church daily readings, we started Psalm 37 on Saturday, and we're reading it also yesterday on Sunday. And we'll be reading it right up until and including this Thursday. I think it will help us for this week's daily devotions if we take the flow of the psalm today right through from verse 1 to the end of today's passage in verse 20. Uh, Don't worry, I'll still keep this Bible ministry concise this morning, but I think we just won't understand this psalm or today's reading if we skip over verses 1 to 11. So let me pray, and then we'll read the the first 20 verses together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who opens the word up to us and feeds us, And we ask that you might graciously feed us spiritually and enable us to take your word deep into our hearts and lives this morning. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's read these first 20 verses together. I'm going to read it a little faster than normal as it's a longer passage. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts, and their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked, for the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster they will not wither, in days of famine they will enjoy plenty. But the wicked will perish. Though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field, they will be consumed. They will go up in smoke. And this is God's word. Often the Psalms can be read in one sitting, all the way through, to help us grasp the message of the whole Psalm. Psalm 37 is one of those Psalms 
which is why I've been particularly keen to read a larger chunk today. The theme of the psalm is declared in verse 1. Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. You see, the presence around us of those who don't love the Lord, who do evil, especially when they seem prosperous and successful, can easily cause anxiety, uneasiness and even distress for God's people. And this psalm is an extended reflection on how the Lord's people should respond when they see the wicked prospering and it's troubling them. We'll see when we reach Psalm 73 in the months to come that this happens to one of Israel's worship leaders, Asaph. In Psalm 73, we see how Asaph gets so het up and mad at God when he sees how the wicked flourish that he nearly backslides from his faith until God meets with him and gives him a right and eternal perspective. But this psalm, Psalm 37, is presented to us less as the personal testimony of its author and more as a direct teaching aid by David. The teaching element of this psalm is all the more obvious because it's one of the very few psalms that is not a prayer to the Lord. Now, don't mishear me, it does speak of the Lord throughout. Indeed, David uses God's personal covenant name, the Lord in capitals, Yahweh, no less than 17 times in the psalm. But the psalm nonetheless is addressed directly to the psalmist's fellow believers in the Lord. That's you and me if our trust is in God. So instead of prayer or praise, this psalm is instruction and encouragement. It's a type of wisdom psalm, rather like Psalm 1 or the book of Proverbs. In fact, verse 1 of our psalm is repeated almost word for word in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 19. In this psalm, David compares and contrasts the lives the actions, attitudes and the rewards, in inverted commas, of the wicked against those of the righteous, as God's people are referred to ten times in this psalm. And along the way, in verses 1 to 11, and scattered through the rest of the psalm, there are repeated encouragements to the Lord's people to seek their satisfaction in the Lord, the one who is the ultimate source of all blessing and security. So in verses 1 to 11, David lays out the, the heart of his teaching. The righteous who trust God do not need to worry about the wicked. Because, verse 2, like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. And that is emphasised again in verse 9, 13, 20, 34 and verse 38 of this psalm. David urges us, as those who love the Lord, to live lives of integrity and obedience in his sight, trusting and delighting in the Lord, hoping and waiting patiently for him, verses 3 to 5, refraining from getting upset or angry that the wicked are prospering, verses 7 and 8. If we learn to do this, God will give us the desires of our heart, verse 4. And as, his as he will vindicate our trust in him amidst all the tensions and disparities of life, that will be seen above all on the day of judgment. We have the saying, don't get mad, get even. 
It's similar to the saying, revenge is a dish best served cold. In this psalm, God says to us, no. Be still and let God vindicate us, for he will hold the wicked to account. Look at verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger. Turn from wrath. Verse 9. For those who are evil will be destroyed. But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Well, I'm nearly out of time and we've only just reached the passage for today, verses 12 to 20, but that's okay. Because now with the context explained, the message of today's passage makes immediate sense. We have the destiny of the unbeliever first, summarised for us in verses 12 to 13. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. Friends, there is coming a day of reckoning for those who've rejected the Lord and turned their back upon him. God laughs in derision at the feeble attempts of the unbeliever to plot against the righteous. Now that plotting may be outright persecution, as we see in so many countries of the world at this time. Or it may simply take the form of opposition to the Lord and to all that God and his people stand for. Did you notice in verse 12 the reference to the wicked gnashing their teeth at the righteous? In the Old Testament, gnashing one's teeth is a sign of malice against someone else. You may like after this time, and you can replay this recording so you get these references. But you look at Psalm 35, verse 16, Psalm 112, verse 10, Job 16, verse 9, Lamentations 2, verse 16, as well as in the New Testament, Acts 7, verse 54. You'll discover there that gnashing your teeth is a sign of malice against others. In the New Testament, it most often refers to the hopelessness of those who've been cast into outer darkness and into the blazing furnace at the end of the age on Judgment Day. Again, let me give you some references. Matthew 8, verse 12. Matthew 13, verses 42 and 50. Matthew 22, verse 13. 24, verse 51. 25, verse 30. And Luke, chapter 13, verse 28. Gnashing of teeth is a common Bible phrase. The message of both Old and New Testaments is that there is coming a day of judgment for the Lord's enemies, which will be a day of glorious vindication for everyone who turns to him. It'll be a great and glorious day for God's people, as God settles all accounts and makes all things right. Yes, our psalm highlights the destiny of the unbeliever. But our passage also highlights that wonderful contrast of the destiny of the Christian believer compared to the destiny of the wicked in hell. What a fantastic promise we have here in our passage. Here's the fridge magnet verse of the day for you and me. Verse 18. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care and their inheritance will endure forever. What a wonderful verse. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care and their inheritance will endure forever. I wonder if you need that reassurance today. God knows your days as someone who looks to him.
And in Christ, if your trust is in him, your future is assured. In contrast to the wicked who will literally, verse 20, go up in smoke as they come to their end in the fire of his judgment. In contrast to that, the Lord's people will spend their days under the Lord's care. Verse 18. And their inheritance will endure forever. How come? Well, make no mistake, it's all because of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who endured hell for us, the Father's wrath at our sin, by his death upon the cross. He who had no sin became sin for us. Colossians chapter 1 verses 12 to 14 puts it so clearly. Three of my favourite verses in the Bible. God the Father, we read, has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So let's live today as those who've been rescued. We've been freed from the guilt and power of sin, saved to delight God's heart as those who are satisfied in him. And that seems to me to be a wonderful place to leave things for today. Well, join me in prayer as we close. Our Heavenly Father, we pray that we may find our satisfaction in you. Help us, we pray, never to get frustrated as we see the prosperity of the wicked, as the psalmist has put it, but rather may we rejoice that in the Lord Jesus Christ our eternal future is secure. And we thank you that to hope in you is to know that oh, the future is guaranteed through the death and resurrection of our Saviour Jesus Christ. Strengthen us, therefore, to serve you today as those who have been set free to delight your heart. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Great to be with you today. I'll see you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to our Christchurch Dunstable podcast. Tune in every weekday to listen to our daily devotions. And why not visit our website, ccd.church, to find more resources. Christchurch Dunstable, bringing the hope of Christ from the heart of Dunstable.